Let's go to uh, Matthew 13, and we're going to go to verse 24. Matthew 13, verse 24. And uh, I've been, uh, as I've been working and going throughout my days, you know, the Lord, he constantly stirs us for a purpose because he's leading us and guiding us and taking us somewhere there's a purpose to our end of where we're going and sometimes things get difficult you know when we're on the job or you know we're going throughout the week and you know Sometimes things can get repetitious over and over the, the same thing. And, uh, you know, it starts to weigh on you if you don't lean on God. And you're not constantly focusing your mind and your thoughts on God. So uh, I'm going to read here verse 24 says, Jesus gave them another parable to consider, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds, resembling wheat. I'm reading out of the Amplified. <laughs> it sounds a little different. Among the wheat and went away. So when the plant sprouted and formed grain, the weeds appeared also. The servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have weeds in it? So the farmer here, he's planting good seed. But the enemy came at nighttime and decided to sow weeds in there. So he replied to them, verse 28, an enemy has done this. The servants asked him, then do you want us to go and pull them out? But he said, no, because as you pull out the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with it, with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers first, gather the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So there's good seed, and then there's, of course, bad seed, the weeds. And I, uh, you know, I was... At times, you know, when I'm there at work, uh, sometimes, you know, my boss can be pretty tough on me. And I don't think it's, you know, 
I don't think he does it, you know, on purpose to, you know, hey, uh, I'm just going to do this to, to pressure you so you'll feel some pressure or, you know, he doesn't do it out of, out of bad intentions. I don't believe anyway that he does it, you know. <laughs> and if he does, you know, that's between him and God, you know. But sometimes, you know, those things, you know, when he tells me to do stuff, it, it gets on my, it rubs my flesh the wrong way sometimes, you know. And I'm sitting there and, you know, uh, and I tell myself the things I do, you know, I do unto the Lord and not, you know, unto myself or unto unto him, you know. But I also do it for him because, you know, I have a big heart for him. You know, I see in the place that he's at, you know. But I realize that sometimes it's just things inside me that are there. When things will arise like that. And I realize sometimes I'm just battling my own flesh. And, you know, sometimes I'm at Bible study and I got this great faith and I see the Lord, you know, just, you know, bringing word into my memory and my thoughts and my mind, you know, of what to say and what to do. And there's nothing wrong with the vessel, right? There's nothing wrong with us, with, the, with this vessel that he's called, you know, to use. But sometimes it's just the flesh that gets in the way. You know, and when God calls us, he calls us to separate us from the world, right? Unto holiness, to separate us, to bring us out of this world, to not be like them. You know, and my boss, you know, he talks a lot about what's going on, you know, the war and things like that. And he says, man, somebody should just, you know, get revenge on, on, on Putin, you know. And I just... At that moment, you know, I, I just spoke boldly to him and I said, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. You know, uh, if someone did that for revenge, they wouldn't bring back those loved ones of those people, you know, of, of those things that have happened there. You know, and I, I told him, I think... It's pretty selfish, you know, for a person to think that way, you know, because it won't do any good. And, you know, I realize a lot of these, uh, I realize a lot in my walk with God that, you know, the Lord will reach to people to draw them out of this world. And uh, I see in this parable, you know, he's talking about that, that good seed, you know. He's, his word will come to people, but sometimes, you know, some people won't receive it. And, you know, sometimes they just, they still want to live 
pleasing their flesh, pleasing their own desires, their own will. But the Lord tells us that we have to be separate, a separate people, a people called out unto him. He draws us out of this world for his purpose. And I want to be separated unto him. I want to be, I want to live for him. Amen. Can we pray real quick? Let's pray. Father, blessed be your name. Father, you and you alone, Lord God, has planted the good seed, Father, Lord God. In us, Lord God, that we should be a separate people unto you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Father, I praise you and I worship you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. I realize, you know, as I walk in the Lord, that I must be led of his spirit. I got to let the Holy Ghost lead and guide me in every situation as I'm living. I got to let the Holy Ghost have its way in me. I got to look for him every morning. Search for him every day. Consistently meditate upon him. So that he can lead and guide me. So that the good works that I do before men. The good works that I try to produce are not of myself. They are not of the flesh. But that they would be of the spirit. Of the spirit of God. Living in the flesh is tiresome. It will tire you out if you try to just live in the, if you try to produce good works of your flesh. But the Bible says that God or the Lord Jesus Christ will perfect, he'll perfect every good work. Amen. That he'll perfect every good work. That's the Holy Ghost working in us. Every good work that, that we do unto him, he'll perfect it of where he's taking and leading us. Oh, yeah. Let me see. I believe that's verses in Hebrews chapter 13. Verse. Uh, verse 21, and he says, equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be, accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. 
not of what you want to produce in your own flesh, not of what sometimes we think is right. But this is why he told the disciples, he says, I want you to go and tarry and wait in Jerusalem till you receive that power that comes from on high. Because he didn't want them teaching what they thought was right. Amen. He wanted to complete them and perfect them the way that they ought to be, the way that they ought to walk in the kingdom of God. Amen. The harvest, well, that's the end of the age that's coming. There's coming a time where he's coming. The angels are coming. And they're going to separate the weeds from the wheat. Amen. The weeds from the wheat. I want to be the wheat. Right? The good stuff. The stuff that, that's the stuff that, man, they make bread out of, everything. Not the weeds. Those, they burn up. That which is pleasing in his sight. I want it to be pleasing in his sight. Amen. But I can't produce it of my own self, of the flesh. I'll get exhausted doing that, trying to produce works, good works unto the Lord. I want it to be of God's spirit leading and guiding me. Amen. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you, Jesus, tonight, Lord God, for your word. Hallelujah. And your truth. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep us holy and separated unto you, Lord God. Jesus, hallelujah, every good work, Lord God, that you do, hallelujah, in us and through us, Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your name in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, uh... I was thinking of what the word says about being diligent, Amen. about, you know, having that diligence of, you know, yeah, we labor unto the Lord, but we got to have a diligence of getting to him. That's what I always did in my walk with God in my earlier years. I, I just, I positioned myself to receive of his word, to always receive of him so that he could lead and guide me. And uh, that's what he desires from us, diligence. Amen. Amen. I have a question for you. If you could have one request and only run one request, what would you
would you want? What would you ask for? What do you desire? Think about that. Some people would like the winning lottery numbers. You know, there's really, there's really only one answer there. There's really only one answer there. If you could live forever with God, would you request anything else? If you knew that, if you only had one request, I think I'd be asking, I would like to live forever with God. Now, I probably want to ask it some way where it's not just me. Right? You understand? I'd want it to be with others. I'd want to be asking for others. Right? You understand that anything that is not born of the Spirit is temporary. Anything that is born of the flesh, anything that's of the flesh, the weeds, the tares, is temporary. Temporary. The adversary is very good at getting us to focus on the temporary or the temporal. Something that's temporal is that which passes away. How many of you would like a new iPhone? Raise your hand if you're in. It, you can be honest. It's okay. It's, yeah, a few of you would like a new iPhone. Okay. You know what? How many of you that raised your hand have an iPhone right now? Look at that. See, it's temporal. It's temporal. It's temporal. You can have the latest and greatest in iPhone, and in another year, it, it's not the latest and greatest. In another week, it's not the latest and greatest anymore. It's temporal. And the temporal never satisfies. The temporal never feeds the soul. The temporal never accomplishes the will of God in our life. Doesn't mean the temporal doesn't have a purpose at times. Doesn't mean the temporal can't accomplish things for the will of God. But it's important as children of God we distinguish what is temporal and what is eternal. We must set our eyes on the eternal. We must set our heart on the eternal. We must set our affections on the eternal. If we set them on the temporal, we'll be deceived and there's a good chance we'll be lost. And we will live for eternity, just not with God. The greatest anguish of hell is not the flame, it's that you can't die. That's the great anguish of hell. It's that you can't die. You can't make the torment stop. That's eternal. That's not temporal. That's eternal. But I can be in the city where the Lamb is the light. No more tears. No more sorrow. That's also eternal. 
That's eternal. Forever. See, the adversary causes us to focus on the temporal. And if he can get us living in the temporal, focused on living for the temporal, it's a way he'll seek to distract and ultimately desire to destroy us. That's why the scripture talks about the deceitfulness of riches. It's temporal. It's temporal. Somebody needs to get this. We need God to put a difference in our life, an understanding between temporal and eternal. That's why we would sing that old song, Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. What does a prophet a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? This world is temporal. I'm living for one that is eternal. And so my daily life and my daily living and my daily action, we have to go to our job. We have to go through those mundane things someday. We got to live through that. We got to, but it's temporal. I can rejoice because this job's only temporary. I'm only a temp worker. Eh? You understand, we need a perspective. We need a perspective. I'm only temporal. This house I live in is only temporal. Thank God this body is only temporal. And if you don't believe that, look at some pictures of yourself a few years ago and look today. I I had a picture sent to me this morning from Italy with a couple of young people. Those young people are young adults now. and I didn't look the same in that picture that I look now. Temporal. God, anoint our minds. Anoint our spirit, I pray. Let our eyes be fixed on the eternal. Let our heart be fixed on the eternal. This world will pass away, and everything within it, it will burn up with a fervent heat. But there is an eternal city that is being prepared, and like Abraham, I want to look for the city whose builder and maker is God. Understanding I'm but a stranger and a pilgrim here. I'm simply passing through in the name of Jesus. Let our eyes be fixed on the eternal. Let us not be deceived by the temporal. In Jesus' name, I understand we have to work. I understand we have to. As long as we live in this temporal, you got to eat, right? We got to do certain things, but they do not govern our lives. The eternal should govern our lives. The eternal should govern our lives. Lay up treasure. Anybody ever read that verse? Lay up treasure where moth and rust doth not corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If your treasure is in the temporal, it tells me that your heart is in the temporal. What do you do? 
You ask God, God, help me to see the eternal. Give me eyes to see the kingdom. Jesus said it in John 3 to Nicodemus. Every man must be born again if he wants to see the kingdom of God. When you and I are born again of the water and the spirit, there is something supernatural that should happen to our vision where we begin to see the kingdom. The kingdom of God is eternal. The kingdom of God is a government and peace that will increase without end. So we should begin to see the eternal. It changes our focus and our perspective. Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to hurry and be quick here. I'm just going to stay right in this vein. Thank you, Brother Lewis. Galatians chapter 6, familiar to us. Verse 7. Be not deceived. You ever been deceived? The implication here in these first three words is don't be self-deceived. That's the implication here. Don't fall into the trap of self-deception. That's really the worst kind of deception. Because it's the hardest to overcome when you're talking with someone that's in self-deception. Because they're sure they're right. right. It's the old saying, there's none as blind as he who cannot see. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also, what? Reap. If you plant corn, you're not going to get carrots. It doesn't work that way. Amen? If you plant tomatoes, you're not going to get rhubarb. It doesn't work that way. Whatever a man or woman sows, that's what you're going to reap. This is a principle from the very beginning of time. Genesis 1. God created seed and fruit that had seed in and of itself that produced fruit like its kind. This is the principle of sowing and reaping. Brother Lewis shared from Matthew... Some came in the evening, the adversary, he sowed tares or weeds among the wheat. The wheat was the planting of the Lord. The weeds were the planting of the adversary or of the flesh. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Verse 8, watch. He that sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. John 3 comes back to mind again. That which is born of the flesh is, that which is born of the Spirit is, all right. We understand that principle. Here we see it going further. In John 3 and 3 we see the new birth. Born. You and I are born again of the water and the Spirit you got to go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues as His Spirit gives the utterance. That's what it is to be born again of water and of Spirit. But that's just the birth. Here's the problem. If we're not careful, 
we can be born again of water and spirit, but we don't sow to the spirit. We still sow to the flesh. You can be born again and sow to the flesh. When the idea is, when I'm born again of the water and spirit, now I want to sow to the things of the spirit. I want to plant things of the spirit. I used to sow to temporal things. I used to sow to fleshly things, the works of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh. And Paul names all of those in a couple of different places. Galatians is one of them. If we would have went back to chapter 5, verse 16, he says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so we've got this sowing and reaping that takes place. And hear me, every day of my life and yours we are sowing. Every day. Every day. Every single one of us in this room sowed today. You sowed, I sowed. And we sowed either to our flesh or we sowed to the Spirit. But here's the thing. We get shocked when we start reaping what we sowed. This happening to me. Well, it's what you sowed. We we need some revelation here. Why am I dealing with this? Revelation, it's what you sowed. It's a principle of the word. We reap that which we sow. We see it in the Beatitudes. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Not a shocker there. You sow. Anybody want want mercy? Everybody ever, ever need mercy, would like merciful? I have a question for you. How merciful are you? I was praying this morning, and I said, God, I thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. I was walking here, and God, I... I'm not always as merciful as I want to be. Help me to be more merciful to people. You want mercy? So mercy. That's not justification of sin. So mercy. You want, you want people to love you? You want to feel what it is to be loved? Show love. We reap what we sow. You understand, you can sow intentionally. You should. I should sow intentionally. You ever see a farmer that says, I don't sow intentionally. I just sort of get up when I feel like it. Just walk out. I don't even know what seed I got. I just, I got bags of seed. I just stick my hand in. I throw it out there. Whatever lands, lands. What comes up, comes up. What We think, man, that is not a farmer. That is a fool. Amen. But hear me. Sometimes if you and I are not careful, we sow that way. We get up. We go through our day. We don't spend any time at the start of our day with God. We don't fellowship Him to get the mind of Christ, to be led of the Spirit. And we get up and we go into our day and we sow in our flesh. And we're sowing in our flesh throughout the day. And, and here's the thing. 
usually what I plant doesn't come up the same day. And I forgot what I planted. Sometimes that comes up, you know, even if it came up two or three days later. But you know what? Sometimes things you plant, they don't come up for a year or two or three. Be not deceived. Don't be deceived. God isn't mocked. What you and I sow, we're going to reap. Now, if I'm sowing to the flesh, I don't like that verse. But if you and I are sowing to the Spirit every day, every day, every day, every day, finding a place of prayer, finding communion on the job, finding places of sowing seed, sowing kindness, love, the peace of God, the love of God's coming out of my mouth, the ministry of His Spirit in conversation, a flow of His Spirit going, good works that glorify the Father coming out of my life every day, every day, sowing, sowing, sowing. Guess what? You're going to reap. And someone hear me today. You're going to reap. Watch, watch what the writer said. We should sow to the Spirit. Verse 9, this is what we need to see here. You're going to reap. But he understands that there's this space, there's this time between the sowing and the reaping. Let us not be weary in well-doing. What's he talking about? He's talking about sowing good seed, Brother Lewis. Don't be weary in it. Yeah, but I've been trying and nothing's changing. I know, but just keep sowing good seed. What's the point? Why does it even matter? I'm telling you, you're sowing. You may not see it yet, but get a good seed in the ground. Keep being deliberate. Be intentional. Be intentional as a child of God. Keep sowing good seed. But I don't look where I'm at right now. I understand the sun's hot. The ground seems to still be bleak. We need rain for anything to come, and it's dry. But just keep sowing seed. Keep sowing... Be not weary in well-doing in due season. You will reap if. If. You don't quit. That's what it means. If you don't quit. And you know what the adversary likes to do? There's a reason this is in here. The adversary likes to come when you're weary. And you're going to be weary. I'm going to be weary. Why? Because we're in this temporal body. But I can't be weary in well-doing. Brother Reuben, I just got to get up again. God, by your grace, one more day, I'm going to sow again today. By your grace, I'm going to sow to the Spirit. I'm tired, I'm weary, Lord, you know. But I'm standing on your word. I'm going to reap. I'm going to reap. I'm going to reap. It may not be coming through the ground yet, but I'm going to reap. It may not be producing fruit yet, but I'm going to reap. They that sow in tears shall doubtless 
come again rejoicing, bringing in their sheaves with them. There is a principle of the word of God. Someone please hear me tonight. You may not see the fruit yet, but keep sowing good seed. Keep putting it in the ground. Don't be weary in doing well. You and I are going to reap There's a due season that's coming. And I feel in the Holy Ghost, it's right around the corner. There is a due season that's coming for some of you. You've been putting seed in the ground. And maybe you're in a place of weariness right now. But I come, I believe, with a word from the Lord tonight. There is a due season in front of you. There is a due season in front of the church. There is a due season in these valleys. Let us not be weary in well-doing. There is a due season season ahead and the adversary's trying to discourage the adversary's trying to get somebody to quit but I would to God you'd stand on the word in due season in due season in due season and I ask you this question who controls the seasons He does. He does. And I got an old song coursing through my spirit right now. I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can cause the storm and cause the sun to shine again. I know the master of the wind. He controls the seasons. He tells the sun when to shine. He can make the sun stop and stand still if he wants to. I've got it in the word. He controls the seas. He controls the rain. At one word from a man under the instruction of God, it did not rain for three and a half years. Don't tell me anybody else can control the seasons. Only God can. And so there's a due season that he's holding in hand for you and I. There is a due season God has ordained. You will reap. You will reap if you faint. Come on, pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 There's a harvest in front of us. There's a harvest in front of us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you sit here and say, man, I've sowed some things I don't want to reap. He'll give you grace. He'll give you grace. He controls the seasons. You know, they say that if you got a yard that's overtaken with weeds, the best thing to do is plant good seed and strengthen the grass And it will choke out. You can get good enough, hardy enough grass that the root system will 
Now you still got to, the weeds still got to come up. You got to kill them. But you can focus so much energy and attention on killing weeds that you forget to just, let's just make sure there's a good, healthy lawn here. And in my life and yours, why is it that oftentimes the Spirit of God draws a man or woman, they see the truth and the revelation of the Word of God, they're filled with, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with His Spirit, and man, they, they just, right? They've tasted and seen the Lord is good. And then life just seems like boom, 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 boom. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. They're reaping some stuff they sowed before. We like the idea that, well, God washed away all of my sins. Therefore, I don't reap what I sow. I don't know that I can find that in the word necessarily. I believe he can give you grace to go through some things. But some things you just got to go through. And if I got to go through some stuff where I sowed some seed that I didn't want to sow, I'd like to be going through it with him. And I'd like to determine in my heart and my life, I'm going to sow good seed from here on out. By the grace of God, by the grace of God. Why don't you stand with me tonight? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just like a farmer deliberately, intentionally, with focus and an expected end, sows seed. I believe we as children of God should deliberately and intentionally sow seed every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Mom, Dad, that time spent in prayer with that little one, it's not wasted time. You're sowing seed. That time spent in the Word, just talking about a scripture for 10 minutes, it's not wasted time. You're sowing seed. That life lived in front of the child, you're sowing seed. Those words spoken, sowing seed. Every one of us live our lives daily, sowing seed. We just have to decide, am I sowing to the flesh or am I sowing to the spirit? And am I sowing just casually and haphazardly? Or am I sowing deliberately and intentionally with a focus on the eternal? In Jesus' name. I hear the voice of the Lord saying so clearly for somebody, there is a due season. There's a due season. You know, the adversary, the adversary recognizes changing of seasons. He may not know what's going on, but he can tell something's shifting, something's changing. He understands when there's a shift in the spirit world. He's in the spirit world. Doesn't mean he knows what's going on. 
but he recognizes something's happening. Want an example? Three wise men came when Jesus was about two years old to King Herod. Said, hey, where's this guy born king of the Jews? We want to go worship him. Herod said, oh, when you see him, tell me. I want to go worship. When you find him, tell me. I want to go worship him. When he said that, the spirit of the air, the God of this world, recognized something's happening. Something shifted spiritually. And that spirit of the God of this world got a hold of Herod's mind and heart and said, kill every child under the age of two years old. What was that? That was the adversary recognizing something's happening. There's a changing of season. I don't know what's going on, but there's a changing of season. So I'm just going to lash out with a broad brushstroke and try to control this. You understand? So the adversary recognizes shifting of seasons. But that doesn't mean he knows what God's doing. Had he known, you know, had the prince of this world known what was happening, he would have never crucified the Lord. Right? That's what the word says. But he recognizes changing of seasons. So why do I share that with us? Because if he recognizes changing of seasons, but he doesn't know why, he's like, something's changing here, and I don't know why. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to attack the one that's weary, and maybe I can get them to quit before the new season. And so he'll come in stronger. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord... The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And I don't know if it's just for one somebody or for a handful of somebodies, but I'm praying, don't be weary. Don't be weary. Don't be weary. Come on, encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. There's a due season. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Don't forget, Sunday is Life Church United in Ellensburg. Now, I know that, I know that seemed like an abrupt ending. I'm trusting you to lay hold on the word tonight. I know I could say come to the altar and let's pray a little bit, but I, I want you to take that word and just hold on to it. Live it out. Embrace it. Speak it. Sunday is Ellensburg, Life Church United. Um, it will be at Tianaway Hall, Rodeo Fairgrounds, Ellensburg. 
Prayer is at 11. Service will start at 1130. Uh, We are setting up seating for 400. I would imagine if